Hello, this is Meltem from Becoming Spanish. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. I'm so happy and so excited for having you. Well, first of all, my aim is to make content from a foreigner's perspective, since that's what I am right now, about what it is like to live in Spain today and in doing so, engage in the process of what I call becoming Spanish. In each episode, I will discuss a topic that I think is important for expats or immigrants who come and live in Spain, but I also want this to be very interactive, so if you have any questions or if you want me to cover a certain topic or certain subject or, you know, if you just have any comments, please feel free to get in touch with me, write me from Anchor or go online to becomingspanish.com, write me on Twitter, you know, whatever just works for you. Thanks so much for joining me once again. In this episode I will discuss the DELA exam, Spanish diploma exam, well what it is, who prepares it, how to sign up for it, but maybe these are the things that you can you know find online but also my personal experience of taking it and some recommendations that could help you um, to succeed in the exam. Well, first of all, what is DELE and why would you bother taking it? DELE is the only official exam with the results that are indisputable. Um, what's behind it is the Spain's Ministry of Education, Culture and S uh, Support. Actually, when I got my DELE uh, diploma, that's uh, that was the institution that signed up. So it was, you know, it's the um, it's a paperwork that is never expiring that shows your level of Spanish, whether you need it. Um, for your advanced degree in Spain, if you're going to have some Spanish courses or for a job or if you're going to later on apply for nationality, then this is the one and only exam, the diploma exam you need to take. So I need to underline, I feel that although there is a lot of sources out there, the only one that is 100% reliable and will always be is Instituto Cervantes, uh, Cervantes Institute's website because if um, prices change to enroll um, to take the exam or if dates change or if, you know, any kind of criteria changes, they are the ones that are going to announce it and all the other websites might not be up to date. So... I would highly recommend that even if you don't have a high degree of Spanish, make sure that you double check with this website when you're preparing or when you're um, signing up. So this is the first thing. Um, the second thing is what level uh, should you take? Because just as in the European language portfolio, there is A1, A2, B1, B2, C1, and C2. I will um, just talk about the the major ones the ones that I think a lot of people take and it's super important because I took my exam in in Barcelona one of the most crowded places to be I guess in Spain so Madrid and Barcelona I guess will be where most people take their exams whether they're living there for a little while or um, you know they are just there um, as immigrants as expats but of course it's important to mention that you can take this exam around the world anywhere where there is an Instituto of Cervantes um, so most people in my exam day were taking A2 I think that's because uh, if you're applying for the nationality that's the minimum that you should be able to do and that's really um, you know 
about understanding commonly used everyday phrases, expressions, um, you know, discussing basic issues about, uh, you know, people and places and maybe work interests and so on and so forth, but just survival, nothing more. And so what is A1 then? A1 is just um, even less than that. So it would be just your immediate needs or maybe just to say I need water or my name is Liz. But I wouldn't ever recommend anyone to take um, A1 exam. Well, first, why would you pay the money knowing that it is not qualifying you for for really anything? Because if you're going to take the exam, it should be starting from A2 to gain, you know, to be to be decent, to, to uh, be useful for the future. And if you're at a level where you'd be like, well, if I take A2, I don't know if I'm going to pass, but I know I'll pass A1. Then I would, in that case, just say, just wait until... Um, you're at an A2 level and then take the A2. Same goes for B1 and B2 because I was at a B1 level and I in the uh, September, October, that period and I had signed up for um, an exam in, in April and I did B2 because I felt that I was already living in Spain using this language on a daily basis and I knew I could commit at least uh, two hours, two hours and a half every day solid to advance my my level. So um, it, it, ma- it, it made a lot of sense. Although it would be a lot more convenient to take B1, I felt that B2 was a smarter option because if you want to go to a university in Spain for a master's or a PhD, or uh, if you need to prove some level of you know higher degree of, of Spanish then B2 is is much more helpful this is like B2 is the um, more advanced A2 let's say if you want to do more advanced stuff B2 is the least you can take and looking back at my results in the exam I had like super top B2 so much so that I would be a low C1 but also I mean I had my professor saying well why don't you do C1 because by then you would be at a level of C1 the reason why was that the exam was so expensive and um, if I were gonna be at a level where I might even panic or it might not work well and if I in the best case scenario I would pass but with the lowest uh, score I just didn't want to risk it so I did B2 knowing that I could be some level of you know C1 but it's just better to be more comfortable with B2 and knowing that you know I will pass and then I will have it in my pocket and later on if I want to do even C2 it's great but even if I don't B2 will get me two places and talking about C1 and C2 because to the DALI exam the Spanish I mean sorry the Italian version of this exam where I have done C1 um, that since when we're talking about languages and when B2 already covers all the grammatical uh, constructions, all the, you know, orthographic rules and so on, then C1 and C2 becomes more about, okay, now that we have, you know, language established and it's about understanding and nuances and different forms of, you know, persuasion and so on and so forth. So it's, it becomes a point where even um, teachers have hard time um, making material creating material for c2 level and so forth so that's just like by the way it's gonna sound funny but i have out of curiosity tested quite a bit of you know university graduate uh spanish native speakers 
uh, and see what they would do. And most of them didn't reach C2 level in their diagnostical exam. They were at C1. So C2, between C2 and C1, it's just a question of many people don't have C2 in their native language unless you are this very ambitious um, person who wants to really show off that you're the best of the best for whatever personal or professional reason I would go with C1 being tops but that's really really up to you and say that at this point you're convinced that you should take this exam and you have decided on which level you want to take it now the question is about preparation because one thing I want to underline is that since it's not um, any kind of school exam where you need to memorize certain things and show that you memorize them well it's about your general understanding there is a critical reading section there is a listening section there is a an oral exam which is usually done another day but not necessarily so and there is the writing section and none of this is asking for a particular word or a particular phrase or anything it's just your general understanding which is why the exam is so much more fun to take it because it's not like you know you you memorize things the night before and then you use them and then you forget them no it's your general understanding so it's more fun there's a lot of articles that they present you in the first section you got to think it's interesting subjects uh same with the writing and the oral exam like it could all be you know pleasurable of course even counting the exam anxiety that i personally had um but so this also means that there is no point in taking this exam if you know you cannot prepare for it ahead of time even if you were to have this perfect language skill in Spanish and you trust your writing abilities your you know conversational skills your reading or whatever I would still take the practice exams provided online uh, and for free from the Institute of Cervantes because you just have to just like in TOEFL or SAT or any kind of standardized exam is so useful to have you know, an understanding of how the exam is set, how it's going to work, how many minutes uh, can you dedicate to this section and that section, just to be able to pace yourself and time yourself, because especially in listening section, uh, what I realize is it's, I mean, it's relatively easy, especially if you're living in Spain for a while or you have been familiarizing yourself, but, you know, it's just one second. So you have to just go for it. You take it. You don't have time to listen it a few times and, you know, look at the answers and think about the, you know, answers. It's all multiple choice in the listening part to give you an example. So just, you know, having real exam conditions at home wherever you're studying and making sure that you give yourself uh, enough time, not too much, but not too little, just as in the exam um, conditions. So prepare yourself ahead of time, not necessarily memorizing certain things, but to have the skills that you know that the examiners at the University of Salamanca, where they are going to be grading this exam, will, will have. But one thing um, University of Salamanca will not grade is the oral section, which is going to be done by DELA certified teachers in the exam, um, you know, area and the exam center that you will uh, do your DELA. So one thing I will recommend it if you're going to be, you know, self-taught the whole time, then I guess choose one, choose an exam um, zone that is nearby your home 
a convenient place to go but if you're actually interested in taking some language classes then I would recommend that you would go ahead and um, take these exam I mean uh, study in a place where it is uh, Dele certified as Institute of Cervantes certified because check them and I, if you're gonna pay the money and go and study somewhere I don't think it makes sense to study uh, at a language school even if it's a tiny bit cheaper if they're not Dele certified which means that that the uh, Spanish Minister of Education doesn't really guarantee the quality of the teachers, the quality of the, the school itself and how they teach and what they teach. So it's better for two reasons, because in my own case, for example, where I've taken the exam was where exactly I've studied Spanish. So it was, you know, one of my teachers or teachers uh, whom I was familiar with who were doing the oral exam. And the whole time that they were teaching us, even if it wasn't a particular Della prep, these people knew what we would end up doing in the exam. So they were um, preparing us. They were making sure that we had the skills to, to ace the exam. So definitely choose um, the uh, language school very mindfully. And of course, apart from the material that your language school might give or the free practice tests you'll find on Instituto Cervantes website, you might want to buy some books. But I would say be careful on that because there's really some bad ones out there. They're... Um, you know, audio quality is really low, the grammar or whatever skills that they are trying to detect in the book are not nice. So there are two books that I think are just enough for you. One is Adelsa's publication. I will also take a note of that. Adelsa prepares from, uh, you know, level A1 to C2 exam books, which has um, quite a bit of, you know, different practice exams with their answers. And it is it is the great quality. I would even say that maybe they are a little bit harder than the exam itself. So which is also a good strategy, because if you're used to doing something harder than in the day of exam, you'll just have a better time. And the other is SM Ele. That's the publication. And the, the name of the book is Gramática de Uso del Español, Teórica y Práctica con Solucionario. Um, it is one red book from A1 to B2. There is this other book from uh, only for B1 and B2. And then there is the C1 and C2 books. So three books. It's expensive, I'm not going to lie. Or at least it was expensive back in the day when I bought it. But it's totally worth it. Meaning that if you study with these books, do your practices, then you are um, good to go. And the final thing I would recommend, honestly, is is a data preparation that is really not a data preparation, meaning that reading news, listening to radio, trying to talk in every possibility that you have, listen to your friends, I mean, your Spanish-speaking friends, of course. So using the language in real, real life because Dele imitates reality. And if you're in a situation where you're lucky enough to have, you know, Sp Spanish-speaking people around you, listening, you know, reading their work, um, trying practicing your writing and so on. So these things would, would help you in the long run to better your Spanish. So just use every possibility to practice your language skills. And when I say that, I need to underline that not only the Spanish that is spoken in mainland Spain, but also in countries of Latin America and Central America, because um, 
In the listening section especially, what you realize is that it is not a section where you only hear Spanish from Spain and nothing else. No, one section is, uh, you know, having someone who is uh, Mexican, so you hear, you know, Spanish that is practiced in, in Mexico. And then you hear someone Colombian and not only the accent, but also vocabulary. So, of course, all at the same time, you cannot be an expert of you know, Colombian Spanish or Argentinian Spanish or Chilean Spanish with, you know, dialects and all kinds of particular vocabulary and so on. But try to do your uh, best wherever you're based to uh, understand how Spanish is used in each and every place, especially just being familiar with the accent. So this was it. It's my first episode, really. I, I'm learning things along the way and I feel quite like, oh my God, is this good? Is this useful? But um, yeah, this is it so far. Please, um, if you have any comments, contact me and I'll be happy to improve along the way. If you have any questions, I'll be willing to answer next time. Uh, subscribe to the, you know, Becoming Spanish blog if you want to follow up with everything I do uh, and write about. So thank you so much for your time and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye-bye.